Hello, hi, I'm Erin Vandevin. Thanks for joining me today. This is Medium Lady Talks. This podcast is about figuring out the medium effort way to get the most out of life today. I hope the things I unpack here can role model and invite you to sort out your own ways to live life in the present. This is a show about experimenting to get closer to what matters most. I'm glad you're here, so let's settle in. Hello, hi, and welcome to Medium Lady Talks. I'm your host, Erin Vandevin. Today, I am joined by two of my dear friends who are fellow readers. And what we're going to talk about today is cozy Christmas reading. Um, My first friend today is my friend, Allie Openlander. Allie, hi, how are you? Hi, I'm good, Erin. How are you? I'm pretty good. Thank you. And my second friend today, new to the podcast, is my friend, Jillian O'Keefe. Jillian, how's it going? Good, good. I'm excited to talk. That's great. Especially when it comes to books. Oh my gosh, me too. I've really been looking forward to this actually. Um, So Jillian and Allie, Allie, you may remember from a previous episode of Medium Lady Talks, we talked about your summer reading pile and Allie and I made recommendations off of the backlist for summer reading. Books that we knew would be really easily accessible and quick to get into for folks, uh, either from their libraries or borrow from a friend type of books. Today, we're going to talk about cozy Christmas reads, and this is Allie's brainchild. (laughs) So, so Allie, tell us a little bit. Well, actually, before we kind of dive into the premise, um, I'll get both of you to introduce yourselves to listeners a little bit more. Uh, Jillian, why don't you go ahead and tell us a bit about yourself? Sure. So I am Jillian and I uh, live in Buffalo, New York, which is not too far from where you all are. Um, Well, not your listeners, but you too. (laughs) Um, And I am an Instagram strategist. So basically I help people and businesses who want to sell and get known on Instagram do that and actually find success with it. So that is what I do um, from a day-to-day basis, but my true love is reading. And I kind of forgot that for a few years back when I had, you know, young kids, younger kids they are still young, but younger. And I got back into it. And the last two years have been such a joy diving back into novels and finding new authors and everything. So I'm excited to talk about it with you all. Oh my gosh, this is great. Um, and Allie, tell listeners again a little bit about yourself. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm Allie. I'm from Hamilton, Ontario. I'm a new mom. Well, kind of a new mom. My, my baby is a year and a half um, and I'm back to work. And what I do day to day is just communications um, for, for the wine industry. Um, and Nighttime is spent pretty much after the the kid goes to bed, spent reading or writing um, or, you know, chores, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, But yes, I try to dedicate a bit of time uh, every night to, to a book. That's great. Awesome. And so, Allie, you're the one who came up with the present premise of a cozy Christmas reading episode. Um, What made you think of that? Um, I love the idea of 
like Christmas break where we all kind of unplug from, from everything from work and we're able to stay up late and cozy, be cozy on our couch beside the Christmas tree with a blanket, with a tea or a hot cocoa and kind of delve into a book we've been wanting to read, but kind of left on our night table because, because of work, because of day-to-day life. Um, but now that we have this kind of pause between uh, Christmas and New Year, we're able to just kind of jump in and dedicate time to this to these cozy this to this cozy book that we've had on our shelves for a while. I think it's perfect. I mean, it resonated with me immediately. And I thought, well, we have to do this episode, but I know Jillian, um, I I'm following Jillian on stories every day. And she regularly, Jillian, you have this really cool habit of sort of posting your progress in terms of like where you're at with the different books that you're reading. And I thought, well, if there's anyone who could join in and really kind of like um, give us even more books to talk about, it would be Jillian. So um, I'm so glad you're both here today. Uh, the, what we're going to do today is each of us have brought uh, books that we would recommend as cozy Christmas reads to kind of follow that, that definition that Ali shared with us. And, um, and then at the end, I'm going to kind of really really pitch for one of my most favorite books of all time uh, as a great holiday Christmas read. It's one of the, the best books you could choose to kind of curl up beside the um, Christmas tree with. And, uh, and yeah, we hope that this really gives you a sense of inspiration to reach for your next book over the holidays. And if you've maybe had a bit of a hiatus or a bit of a dry spell when it comes to reading, um, listen, that's okay. That's happened to everybody on this call myself included, Jillian's nodding, Allie's nodding, you know, we've all had dry spells of books. And the only way to end a dry spell is to just pick something up and try not to be too precious about what you read next. Um, And if you don't like it, stop reading it and pick something else. So we certainly don't want to list these books as a way of um, sort of uh, perpetuating a bit of a, a book hierarchy in terms of, of uh, who's a good reader and who's not as good of a reader. Um, But if you love to read, Christmas time or the holiday season, winter is just a really lovely time to be reading. Um, and uh, we hope that you find that joy of reading uh, throughout this episode. So each of us, like I said before, are going to um, make a make a pitch, I guess, or make a suggestion as to um, books that we think fit the definition of a cozy Christmas read. Some of them are going to actually be about Christmas or the holiday, the winter holidays. And some of them are just going to kind of fall into the general vibe, the general vibe. So I'm going to go first. Um, my first book, and I'm just pulling it up here. It's not a book specifically, but um, the book that um, I'm going to recommend is actually an author. So I'm going to recommend the author Louise Penny. Louise Penny is a Canadian author of mystery series that feature, you know, an inspector named Armand Gamache, and they all take place in Quebec in a rural area of Quebec called Three Pines. These books are, you know, total Canadian fiction. There's going to be a lot of little lovely Easter eggs that are really enjoyable for Canadian readers. But the thing that I think makes these books really particularly in the definition of a cozy Christmas read is most of the time they take place in the winter and many of them actually center around the winter season. So that sort of Halloween through March type of um, type of, I guess, aesthetic or seasonality. Um, Some of the books take place around Halloween. Some of them do take place around Christmas. But what Louise Penny really does is get into 
this village that's sort of nestled in this really picturesque and beautiful area of Quebec. And you can imagine it's called Three Pines. There's hills, there's old houses, there's a community, there's a small cafe, village cafe, there's a small village bookstore. You really get the sense of place from the first book. And then the other thing that Louise Penny does really well is she's really grounded in character. The character of Armand Gamache is a character that's really admirable. He's kind of a stand-up guy. He's the sort of person that people say, you know, who's somebody that changed your life? And you can imagine them reporting that this character, Armand Gamache, really changed their life. Just kind of by being a sort of standard of excellence, both in his job as an inspector, but also in the way that he treats people, in his kindness, in the way that he listens, in the way that he's never really looking for the spotlight. Um, and in the way that he fosters the best in the people that are around him, even as he's investigating something like terrible, like a murder. Um, for the most part, I have not read all of these books. I think there's 16 of them. I've not read all of these books. I think I've read maybe the first four. But every time I read them, I really am swept away just by the writing, by the characters, by the ways in which the characters relate to each other. Louise Penny also does this, you know, really good um, She's really good at the sort of red herring. Um, and I think that's what this sort of genre of cozy mysteries is really like known to do is to sort of carry you along something that's sort of troubling like a murder, but in this way that's like, oh, but people are eating cheese plates and they're really having lovely hot cocoa. And so things couldn't be all that bad, even though, even though there's this really kind of underlying, um, like nefarious or malicious kind of underlying. And then the other thing, that she does so well is she really dials it up when she needs to. At times the books can actually be quite slow, but um, when she's ready to dial up the heat, they really transform into page turners. And I think when you're thinking about the idea of yourself reading by the fire with, I don't even own a fireplace, but you know, that idea of cozy, cozying up at the holidays is both this sort of comforting kind of literature, but also a page turner. And sometimes those two don't always align, but when you read Louise Penny, they really, really do. So that's my first recommendation is any of the Louise Penny books. Um, also her cover art is just like jaw dropping for 16 books. I think each of the books are just like really appealing. Have either of you read these books? No. So it's funny because I didn't know, I mean, I'm familiar with her, but I didn't know she, it was a series and I picked up um, the latest one, the maddening crowd or yeah. far from whatever that is not realizing it was part of a series. I didn't read it because I found out that it was part of this long series, but I was blown away by the cover art. And when you open it, the first like page there was insanely beautiful, mm -hmm. but um, I did have a friend tell me that I would absolutely love the series. So I plan on starting from one and getting to 16 eventually. I'm really not sure and you, you might want to do a deep dive on that. I don't know that you really have to start at one, but I did because I'm kind of maybe a completionist in that way. Yeah, so start with one. Book one is called Still Life. It's beautiful. It's great. It's beautifully written and it's a great, like a great book to start with. Um, and they're also like pretty dense. Like they're not your sort of airport mystery. So yeah, really good books to tuck into over the holiday season. That's my recommendation. Jillian, I'm going to hand it over to you next. You have the next book recommendation. All right. So um, the first one I'm recommending is A Season for Second Chances. This is a new book 
Um, not exactly sure when, but like seriously within the last month or two. Uh, this is by Jenny Bayless. She is actually the author of 12 Days of Christmas as well, uh, which I read last holiday season. So a season for second chances is not solely about Christmas. It starts in late August, September timeframe, and it follows this woman who is a chef and has started a restaurant with her husband. And when she moves to this, I believe it's it's based in Britain and she moves to this outer area by the ocean and, and opens a a little tea room on the water. And it's just, the whole book gave me the cozy feels Mm -hmm. and it's sort of a romance. I mean, it's, it's, it's categorized as a romance, but, and, and there are romantic notes in there for sure, but it's not just that. And, and typically when I read a book, I, I don't romance are not the ones that I usually am picking up dying to dive back into. They're just ones that I slowly kind of go through, but this one, I could not wait. Every time I put the book down, I could not wait to get back into it because it just had this wonderful, warm vibe to it that just every time I dive in, I was feeling like I was transported to this place with the the character. And that is one of my favorite things about reading books is that when a book completely absorbs and you like get sucked in and um are transported to a whole nother place and that's exactly what this one did so there is a bit of christmas talk towards the end but overall it is it's a great book and i would highly recommend reading it right now it's you know talks about the cold and the winter coming in and you just want to cozy up with your own blankets and it i really i really loved it and so you know when you talk about the vibe where does that come from? Does that come from dialogue? Does that come from like a sense of the setting or the characters? The dialogue for sure, because the characters is 44 years old. And so she is a lot of the stuff she talks about. I mean, her kids are older, but a lot of the stuff she talks about, I relate to. Um, So like when she was going through the certain romantic feelings that she was having, it left me feeling like, you know, this is something I could experience and I, I could really put myself in her shoes which left me feeling really like the women should be friends or people that I could befriend or get to know. And it takes place in this little tiny town and just the whole, the whole atmosphere of it. But the other thing is the way that the book is written and describes the area, Mm -hmm. Um, like the cold weather, the way it um, hits the windows and the shutters. And it just makes you feel like you're there experiencing it too. And should just like huddle down deep with your, my, my, for me, it would be a copy, um, and read and get cozy. Awesome. And that was a season for second chances by Jenny Bayless. Correct. Yep. Awesome. That's great. Ali, you're up next. What book are you reading? Um, my, uh, first pick recommendation is a book that I, um, enjoyed reading last, uh, Christmas break. And it is the city baker's guide to country living by Louise Miller. Um, the cover is obviously like super cute. There's a vintage looking truck and snow and there's a Christmas tree um, in the bed of the truck. So a super cute cover. Um, like uh, Jill's book, it doesn't take place just over Christmas. It's uh, a year long um, story. So small town coziness, it's set in Vermont, delicious food descriptions in this book, a little bit of romance, um, definitely yeah, a charming 
um, read from beginning to end. So um, a quick synopsis on, on this book is uh, the, we follow character um, Olivia, 32-year-old pastry chef, who um, one dinner service accidentally sets um, more than her flambe dessert on fire. With her restaurant now closed and Olivia out of a job, she um, decides to flee and run away um, from her life in, I believe it's Boston, um, to rural Vermont. In need of a job and a place to stay, she uh, accepts a job as a pastry chef at the Sugar Maple Inn. Owner of this uh, Sugar Maple Inn, Margaret Hurley, has very high standards and is kind of viewed as a, um, uh, a, a nitpicky older, older owner. Um, so yeah, definitely high standards. Not super welcoming to Olivia at first, but we follow their relationship through from beginning to end and it blossoms um which is a beautiful story in itself and um the other relationship she builds with the community um definitely creates connections within the community with the locals um and fully immerses herself in this small town life as opposed to the life she was used to living in boston and then kind of in the middle of the the novel we are thrown into um a new new relationship between her and a home homeboy that just recently returns home to care for an ailing parent. Um, their relationship blossoms, but it's not as kind of perfect as it as it appears. So definitely a, a cozy Christmas read. I have read this book, and it takes a lot of twists and turns. It, yeah. it does it does not lead you where the cover suggests it will lead yeah. you. There are a lot of times when you kind of wonder if you're going to get your happily ever after. It's complicated. I read that book last winter on your recommendation, Allie, and I think it is a great, it is a really great book. I think it steps outside the genre. It, it pushes the genre, I think, of like cozy Christmas read from a like Hallmark movie standpoint. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, there's some like pretty fresh language in there. There's some like characters that are kind of like not good or bad you know it's it's a uh, it's a little bit messy around the edges which makes it a really really great book to dive into yeah just not and not just like a relation a messy relationship between no, um, right. this Olivia and this new um gentleman that comes to town but it's also a messy relationship between like her parents um Olivia's parents and her her new boss yeah, I really like that book a lot. It was sort of like um, uncovering really like interesting, intricate little like shelves and drawers and pockets in this like cabinet that from the outside looks like something, but turns out to hold a lot of different treasures within. Mm -hmm. So that was The City Baker's Guide to Country Living. Who's the author of that again, Allie? Louise Miller. And actually, I just read that Louise Miller is... Um, a pace is a chef a pastry chef as well so oh. that is like her, her her first job and then she took up writing and is a wonderful storyteller like I love the book That's amazing. and obviously it makes makes sense because you when you're reading about the food descriptions and you you can smell the pies that she's describing yeah. and you're like this makes sense she is a trained chef <laughs> yeah that is that is true. I that's very surprising though. Jillian, have you read that book? I have not, but I just added it to my Goodreads list. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that's great. See, if this episode doesn't help anyone, it will help us. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. 
So my um, next book recommendation is also not a Christmas book, um, but it is the kind of definition of what I think of a cozy book that you want to hunker down and read in the winter. And that book is a book I bet both of you have read and maybe a lot of listeners have read too. But either way, perhaps consider picking up and reading again, The Night Circus by Aaron Morgenstern. Have either of you read this book? Oh, yes. I read it as soon as it came out. Jillian, did you say, I don't think so? I don't think so. I, it's not on my list, but it's, I know it was big. So I may have, and just not tracked it back then. Yeah. So this book has actually come up on its 10 year anniversary. It was released in September of 2011. It's a book that kind of, um, I think really helps readers and lovers of Harry Potter graduate into a new genre of magic related fiction. Um, so this book is about a circus, of course, It arrives, it comes in this black and white striped canvas tent. It sort of pops up in towns overnight, usually only open at night. But behind the scenes, what you learn about is that there's been this duel between two magicians in the circus who have had this kind of fierce um, magic rivalry, uh, which has been fostered by the two adults who are sort of their guardians. And there's sort of rules that are known and rules that are unknown about this competition that the two magicians, Celia and Marco, are kind of engaged in. And of course, as you might assume, is at a certain point in the book, Celia and Marco fall in love. But the love and the competition are sort of um, not mutually compatible. And so there becomes a higher and higher stakes as the book goes on, as the competition continues to play out. And as the fates of our main characters, as well as others who are involved, begin to kind of hang in the balance, as does the circus itself. The really beautiful thing about this is the way it's written. It's very dark and mysterious. It's kind of sexy. It's got like a lot of like descriptions of, you know, the senses outside of sort of what the characters are seeing and what they're doing. Um, I think that if you have always loved Harry Potter, but never really read about magic outside of that, this is the kind of book that really allows you to open the door to a whole other world of of fantasy fiction. Um, And in a way, this is not a young adult fiction book, although the main characters are young adults. There's something sort of about this book, I think that like, it really sucks you in. It really sucks you into the story. There's, um, There's a sense of time going back and forth in time. There's a sense of color. There's a sense of sound. Um... There's a lot of twists and turns. And as you read this book more and more, you get lost in it and you kind of get a little bit disoriented in the book itself. And I think that's the purpose that Aaron is, Aaron Morgenstern, the author, is trying to aiming for is to sort of get you a little bit off your guard so that the sense of magic actually kind of like takes on a new level. Um, if you've read any of her other books, uh, the starless sea is also by her. That book takes that, you know, disorienting feeling to a whole other level. I would say if you've read the starless sea, but you haven't read the night circus and you didn't like the starless sea, still consider the night circus. Um, because I think she gets very experimental in her further novels, but she's doing something that you don't see a lot of authors do, which is sort of play with contemporary fantasy while also, um, I don't want to say science fiction, but she she deploys a few tropes of science fiction and even of mystery writing. And so all of those things combined 
are continually leading you as the reader to not really be sure about what's going to happen. And that's really what makes for a great book. Never mind the fact that there's magic involved, there's a circus, there's all these sort of elements, I think, that lend themselves really well to twinkle lights of your Christmas tree and the smells of your, you know, um, festive spice candle and all of these other things that might be surrounding you while you maybe you're drinking some mulled wine or something, you know, all of those kind of sensory input while you read really lend themselves well to this book. Um, and also it's like, it, it can probably be found anywhere. It's it was probably like a knockout smash from the time it was published. And so I always like to recommend a book that's really easy for people to find. Um, because in these days of like bookstagram and, uh, you know, book FOMO, there's all kinds of books that we can sometimes have a hard time getting our hands on. The Night Circus, 10 out of 10, you have a friend who owns this book and they will lend it to you. Um, so that's my recommendation. That's The Night Circus by Aaron Morgenstern. Okay. I can't believe that book came out 10 years ago. Right. I remember reading it over, I got it for Christmas yeah. in 2011 when it came out and I read it over the break and I am going to reread it again. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually considering rereading it myself. Like 2011, I wasn't a parent. I was, I had a totally, <laughs> I had a totally different life. I lived in a different place. Um, and so I do think this is probably one of those books that you can reread again and you get something different out of it. And the story is so layered and nuanced. I can't imagine, like, I have a sense of what happens at the end, but how they get to the end, I don't remember at all. So I might dip back into that. And I know exactly where it is on my bookshelf. So that always helps. Okay, Jillian, you're next. What's your best, but what's your next best, not best. What is your next cozy Christmas <laughs> read recommendation? Um, so this one may be hard to find. I know Aaron said, you said that you couldn't get it from your library yet. The Holiday Swap, another new one. Uh, came out in October. Um, so this is by Maggie Knox. It's actually, which I didn't realize this, but it is two authors, kind of like uh, Christina Loren or Christina Lauren or however you oh, pronounce cool. it. Yeah, it's two authors and I'm trying to see if I, it says who it is and I can't remember. Karma Brown is the one, one author. Yeah. And I forget the other one. But it's, I, I love those types of stories because you get such different writings unintentionally and it's just, it, I don't know, it's a lot of fun. Um, so the book it was amazing. It is about two twins, identical twins. One has, she's a, a host on a baking show and is quickly to or she goes in to get something from the storage closet and a shelf falls on her and she goes unconscious and then like the whole thing is about her and the identical twins swapping places and it explores like how they each separate you know th because the people in each scenario obviously in each area know think that they're the opposite twin so they're they, you know, it, it goes into romance where they fall in love and dealing with bosses and the community who knows them as one person. And this one does happen around Christmas. It actually is like, I want to say eight or nine days from Christmas when the book starts and the whole time they're counting down and, and each, I'm guessing what happened is each author took one twin and wrote for them that's how I am guessing I don't know that for sure but that's just how it seemed uh but the town it's a small another small quaint town with lots of snow 
And there's, you know, the talk about going hiking in the snow and getting coffees together. And it's just, I don't know, you get that warm, cozy feeling as you read through it. I, I really enjoyed it. it. This, and it's a shorter one too. So it's a quick, pretty quick read. It's on my uh, night table, Jillian. Oh, is it? Yeah, I can't wait to read it. And it's a paperback. I remember chatting about paperback of books in our (laughs) summer podcast. It's a paperback, so you can read it when you're lying down. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Allie, tell us a little bit about your preference for paperbacks. It's just, they feel better in your hand as opposed to a hard hard copy book. They're just, they're easier to transport. I take uh, books to work and I read on my lunch break or if I'm commuting on the go train, it's just easy to, to pack in your bag. It's, it's light, much lighter than uh, a hard cover. I, I always think about that now, ever since you mentioned it. I mean, at the time we talked about why it was good for, for summers. And it's still, <laughs> it seems it's, it's always better. So, uh, and they're also really, a little bit cheaper. I know we were chatting about, oh, that's uh, true too. Yes. The library, but so I, there are books that I do like to buy and add to my shelf and yeah, paperbacks are always a little bit cheaper than, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. than the hard co- cover. I, I like it for the same reason that Ellie was saying about not having it fall in your face because I get most of my books from the library. So I, I don't really have a choice, but when I'm sitting in bed, and it just sounds like I'm so weak, but when you're sitting in bed and you're reading and you have a hardcover book, it's so much heavier. And it's just like, oh, my arms are falling asleep. No, no, exactly. And it's like, <laughs> you're like getting a crick in your neck, but you want to keep reading. Yeah. Where it's easier to like adjust yourself with a, a soft cover and you can roll over and, you know, kind of prop it up against something. So that's <laughs> right. Agree. That's right. Uh, Jillian, um, I was actually going to recommend Recipe for a Perfect Wife, which um, Karma Brown, that is one of her novels that she wrote. And she, with Maggie Knox, wrote The Holiday Swap. I, yeah, I, I, I loved Recipe for a Perfect Wife, so I am excited to read The Holiday Swap. I'm adding it right now because I don't have that on my on my read list. I've, I'm so excited, like all these new books. Not that I need a single new book on my list, but... <laughs> But isn't that the best thing about reading is that like, I will surround myself with lists of to be read and it just makes me feel rich. It just makes me like, I love a sense of abundance. I get most of my books from the library too. And I don't care. Like, I'm like, give me more books. I have more books I could ever read in my lifetime. And I don't know, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't stress me out at all. Well, see, it doesn't stress me out either, except for having, you know, those library fees that you, well, we still have library fees here. I know a lot of- um, Oh no, we have them too. Okay. A lot of my friends are like, we don't have those anymore, but we do. But that, so the seven day loans always stress me out because I'm like, how do I read this and the other books that I want to read in that short amount of time? Yeah. Yeah. There's just never, there's never enough time to read. I just, that's all I want to sit and do. It's true. (laughs) <laughs> okay, Ali, you're next. You have our, our uh, final book recommendation. Okay, my, uh, my last cozy Christmas read recommendation is The Royal Holiday by Jasmine Gilroy. Um, the Royal Holiday is part of a series like uh, Louise Penny, your author, Erin. Um, but you do not have to read every book in the series to, um, you can just pick one up. And this, I believe, A Royal Holiday is um, number four in the series. It's an easy digestible rom-com and likable characters and um, 
the beginning takes place in, in Buckingham Palace. So or I don't think it actually says Buckingham Palace, but you kind of put uh, clues together and you're like, oh, she's with uh, Meghan Markle and, and the Queen. <laughs> so, so kind of fun to read. So a quick synopsis, Royal Holiday takes place on during the Christmas break in the UK. We are introduced to Maddie, who I believe is a, a young woman in her late 20s, early 30s, um, who lands the dream job across the Atlantic working for the Duchess. The name is never said, but we can kind of put two and two together at 2020, what was happening kind of uh, in the UK with the royal family. Um, Maddie convinces her her mother, Vivian, who is 54, to join her on this trip. Um, From then on, readers end up following the daily happenings of Vivian um, in the UK as her daughter, Maddie, is uh, busy lavishly styling the Duchess. Quickly, Vivian befriends the head chef in the castle and then meets tall, handsome, and very British Mr. Malcolm Hudson, who is also the private secretary to the Queen. Soon, the two go on a series of perfect dates throughout like rural England, countryside, um, and in the city. Um, and obviously, there are a bit of stumbling blocks along the way for these two, um, but they're a super cute couple um, and kind of a fun contemporary twist on the happily ever after ending. And really what I loved about this um, book is just like, it's it's a love story of a couple in their 50s. So kind of that unconventional, they're not mm. young, um, they're, they're older, they've had lives, they have careers, they have family on their own, and then just kind of the merging of these two, um, the BIPOC representation and um, kind of that silly royal connection as well. <laughs> That's great. Um, I love to think that the private secretary for the queen also has time for a love affair. In his, you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's great. So let's do a little rundown. I'm recommending pretty much anything by Louise Penny. Uh, Jillian, you've recommended Season for Second Chances by Jenny Bayliss. Ali, you recommended The City Baker's Guide to Country Living by Louise Miller. Uh, Jillian, your second recommendation is The Holiday Swap by Maggie Knox. And Allie, your final recommendation is The Royal Holiday by Jasmine Gilroy. Was that right? Yeah. All right. So my final book recommendation is a must read for everybody. And you can start this at Christmas. And if you don't finish it, you can keep reading it through the year. And that is the book Little Women by Louise May Alcott. This is maybe one of my favorite books of all time. Um, I know that this book kind of runs hot and cold for some people, but I'm really going to throw my pitch out there, which is if you haven't heard of it or you're not aware of it, most people are are aware of uh, Little Women, at least because of the Winona Ryder movie that was released in the 90s. And then the subsequent um, remake, I think that was released, I want to say in 2020, uh, very end of 2020. Um, The Little Women is a book that sort of takes place um, in the beginning of um, the, um, I want to say it's the Civil War, um, but it really actually starts on Christmas Eve. And it's about these four sisters, uh, Joe, Meg, Beth, and Amy, and their mother, as well as their sort of housekeeper, um, Hannah, that they all live together. Their father is a clerical staff in the army, and he, um, sorry, clergy staff in the army, and he is away for most of the book. And it follows these sort of series of tableau that really kind of describe the ways in which 
women were able to live life and the ways in which women desired to live life at the time. So this book uh, really, I think, gives us a lot of opportunities to unpack some of the broader messaging about um, what makes a woman, what makes coming of age, what are the ways women are expected to feel about their station in life, and what are the ways that women can, you know, pull various levers in order to um, enact change. So everyone knows, most people know that Louisa May Alcott wrote this book sort of based on her own early life, but I think the title Little Women is really both about, um, being young and seeing the world differently from people who are older, older than you. And, you know, we all kind of can think of that um, stuck in the old ways type of, you know, literature trope, but also when you're young, you have opportunities to question things and you have opportunities to rethink why certain things are set in stone or certain things are expected to be. The beauty of this book having four female characters is that each of them really chooses a different way as the book goes on. And I think that's a really important statement on behalf of Louisa May Alcott. Um, Many people know the characters um, based on the movies, and it's no spoiler alert that one of the sisters, Beth, dies probably through the back half of the book. Um, And I've heard a lot of people complain about Beth as a character that she's sort of underdeveloped. She exists in the background. And I would hazard that this was Louisa May Alcott's way of describing a character in that time that was maybe a little bit neurodivergent, a little bit a person who experienced the world from a stimulus perspective, much differently than her family and much differently than society certainly expected little girls. She's um, scared of most people. She's musically very gifted. She stays away from school. She um, prefers animals to people. And she lives um, a very sort of sheltered life that's built around and defended by her older sisters. And so I don't know why I'm like, I feel like the, the need to kind of rise to the defense of Beth as a character, but she's also tremendously observant and she sees many things that her sisters can't see about society and the ways in which they're being molded to conform or rebel to how they're expected to behave. Now, of course, all of this coming of age happens and it's um, it's interrupted by this disruptor character who is Lori. Um, Lori is their next door neighbor friend and he's a young man, um, slightly older than um, Joe, who's the youngest, the middle, the second oldest sister, but probably around the same age as the oldest sister. And he disrupts their um, framework for coming of age by just kind of existing around them and befriending them. But there are various ways in which he influences all four of them um, and takes an effect on them. And he kind of acts as a surrogate for society in general. The ways in which external messaging, people come into our lives and they might change or alter our trajectory in one way or another. Um, and he does that for all four of the sisters. I just could not say more about this book. I've already talked too long about it, but the reason I'm recommending it as a cozy Christmas read is it's it's traditional literature. It's pretty darn slow and you can pick it up and put it down without really missing anything. Each chapter, like I said, is kind of a tableau about like, hey, this is what's going on in their lives. Why don't we take a peek on the little women and see what's what they're up to? Um, the main plot line is 
not tremendously complex. Again, it's pretty much like they were young and they got older by the end of the book. That's what happens. And these are the things that happen to them along the way. Uh, and, uh, and I think there can't be enough said for Louisa May Alcott as a writer and as a, as a writer who allows her um, characters to both show and tell. There's tremendously beautiful dialogue between characters in this book, but there's also tremendously beautifully introspection that's written on behalf of um, all of the characters. And um, I just couldn't recommend it enough. I think you could easily pick up this book, I think for $10 somewhere, um, flip through to any chapter, read the chapter by the tree and put it down and walk away again, feeling um, that sense of cozy family coming of age, uh, womanhood. And uh, I just love it. I love it so much. I try to read it every year. Okay. That's little woman. <laughs> I love it. It's um, my own little personal tradition is to watch the Winona Ryder version. And I watched every Christmas Eve morning. Um, so like, no yeah, I, I love little woman. I've never read it. Um, no. I am hoping to read it probably with my daughter when she's a little bit older. Yeah. Hannah's only yeah. a year and a half, so we still have yeah. quite a while, but oh, yeah, our, so we'll, we'll have our first experience reading it together. Fantastic. And that'll be great because actually the other character that's very undersold is the mother, is Marmee. Um, there are some bombs that Marmee drops in this book that I think are not really often covered in the movies and really give you even more of a sense of what it was really like to be a single parent, um, run a household on very meager financial means, and to also be, you know, raising children that are going to be upstanding members of society with pretty narrow expectations on what that definition really looks like. Um, I love the character of Marmy, so it'll be fascinating as you read it with Hannah when she's older, what her expectations are of the characters and what your, you know, um, interpretations are of their experiences as well. Really great. Jillian, have you read Little Women? I did way back, I want to say in eighth grade or something like that. My mom had a copy of it and it was hers all through her childhood. She read it over and over. And I wish, I I have no idea what I did with that when I packed up and left for college, but man, I wish I could find it because that would be fun to read with my daughter Yeah, or read to her right now. I think people make pitches as to which movie is the best. Um, I really think they're all great. And it's kind of like comparing apples and oranges. I don't know if you've seen the Greta Gerwig version. Um, it's very different from a story, from a plotline perspective. And I love that she did that because I think most people um, that would watch the movie, most of her target audience, I guess, probably knows the story. And so she takes a very conventional approach to the storyline that everybody kind of knows and loves which makes for really great movie watching because even if you know what's going to happen, you don't know how Greta Gerwig is going to explore that timeline. And uh, I thought it was very clever. I think it's uh, Sarsha, Sarsha Ronan plays Joe. Sarah Rossi. I, Sarah might, be, I might be mispronouncing mm. that. I know it's, it has an unusual Celtic spelling, her name. Anyway, she's brilliant. She's absolutely incredible. And Laura Dern plays the mother and she's also very, very good. Okay. So that's little women. (laughs) This is just a cozy Christmas read. Plus also like why little women is the best. Um, Okay. Jillian and Allie, that's all the books that we have. Thank you so much for joining me today. I think we could probably do a really quick little like reading lightning round. How does that sound? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay, if you have time. Uh, what is your favorite beverage while reading? Tea. 
tea with milk and sugar uh milk and honey oh nice jillian uh coffee or water or both oh coffee with (laughs) coffee with heavy cream nice you can have a long reading session you need to be hydrated yes (laughs) okay um what is the best reading time of day nighttime yeah um morning yeah i like to take i like to take 15 minutes in Mm -hmm. my at least in my morning routine to read okay and then what is your favorite reading tracker or do you track what you've been reading i use goodreads Mm -hmm. Um, I, i like that that platform um but i i'm not uh religious in my goodreads uh tracking what does that mean? Like the minute you finish a book, you don't hop into Goodreads to no. rate it, comment. No. And I, I, yeah, no, I never, I hardly ever write reviews on Goodreads. I just kind of, I keep it for my own tracking purposes to look at what I've read throughout the year. That's great. Jillian, how and about you? I also use Goodreads and I am the exact opposite. I, <laughs> I am the person who I track the pages read every, at least once a day. And when I'm done, I try to, I try to close it out on that day that I'm finished with my rating and review. My reviews are not very long. They're usually just whether I enjoyed the book and why I did it or did, but I, I, I have to, I'm very perfectionist about it. It's probably, a, probably not a good thing. Do you feel like, uh, does Goodreads give you good recommendations? Because there is an algorithm in the background there that would, you know, if if you're feeding it that kind of information, you could also get some benefits out of it. Yeah, I don't think they, I don't think Goodreads has a great algorithm personally. Mm -hmm. I know that there's another one that I started to use and then in StoryGraph, um, that one, which I started to input information in and then I kind of, because I couldn't manage to was amazing. The recommendations they were giving me, I'm like, okay, add, add, add. Um, but I just have everything in Goodreads already. And it's just like, I don't feel like moving everything over. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. That's amazing. And then, um, where do you grab most of your book recommendations? Friends and Instagram. Yeah. Same exact same. Yeah. Yeah. I will grab a book recommendation from almost anywhere. I really love, magazines are still like a really good source for book recommendations. Um, and, um, the newspaper, like even the newspaper, there's still like, you know, the literary section of like, but those are typically newer books. And then I will always pull recommendations from a couple of podcasts that I really love that will recommend books. Um, Lara Tremaine's 10 things to tell you podcast. And then Anne Bogle has the, her, what should I read next podcast? I'm not a religious listener of that, but then in terms of tracking, like with my own podcast, I've now been able to track the books that I read. And, uh, I'm starting to think I should pay a little bit more attention to the things that I liked and the things that I didn't like so that I can continue to pick up more of what I did like, which (laughs) apparently after this means mostly just more little women. So, (laughs) all right, well, I'm going to wish both of you a very happy holiday. Today's December 1st, the day that we're recording this. Um, I am certain that you are both lined up for a great reading holiday, no matter what. And I'm really grateful for your time today here on the podcast. Um, if listeners want to follow you or connect with you and your reading life, how can they do that? At Ali Openlander on Instagram. Um, that's where they can find me. Super. And Jillian, how about you? I'm at Jillian Finding Happy over there. And, you know, if you want to connect on Goodreads, because I love connecting on Goodreads, just send me a DM because I don't even know how to give you my at over there. <laughs> <laughs> 
just send me a DM and I'll send you the link. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. So for any avid Goodreads lovers, you can connect with Jillian, but first you have to follow her on Instagram and DM. <laughs> yes. Awesome. And as always, you can find me on Instagram more, you know, talk about books and lots of other stuff over there. I'm at medium.lady. I'm always happy to connect with any listeners about the podcast or anything else that's on your mind. As always, you can really help the podcast out by giving us a rating and review wherever you happen to be listening. Uh, The best way for us to find new followers and new listeners is if you could share it with a friend that you think needs a cozy Christmas read in their life um, or a little bit of a medium lady um, in their earbuds. Uh, With that all being said, thank you so much for listening. I'm Erin here today with Jillian and Allie. We're going to sign off and say goodbye, but we'll see you soon. Bye. 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 Happy holidays.